Driving while awesome podcast radio hour. <laughs> oh God. Yo. Do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO. Mellow grinds. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. Oh, this smells of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO. You only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No. Hi. Beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I screwed it up. <laughs> Welcome to Driving While Awesome. My name is Lane. I'm Art. I'm Brad. What's up, Brad? Ah, uh, just looks like a cold weekend, man. Yeah, that's right. Brad from 1552 Wheels. Mm-hmm. That's right. What's uh, It's at Brad Beardo. Yes. On Instagram? Yep. And everything else? <laughs> and then just at 1552 awesome. is our, our company. So I actually do have a quick question about that. Uh, the numbers one yep. five one or one five five two. Uh-huh. Do you is that also associated with your brand or is it only yeah. spelt out? Like- no, it's we actually started and when we we were VW Sport USA in, in the nineties. We were a division of Joe Hoppin Motorsport and we had a licensing agreement with VW to use the name and everything. And when when Joe retired, we didn't continue that agreement because with Joe it was free. Without Joe, it was not free. So. Mm-hmm. At that time, we decided to change our name, and we changed it. You know, we didn't want to do Euro this, Autobahn that that everybody had at Something the time. Works. <laughs> so uh, we, yeah, W E R K fifteen fifty two. The one five five two was the 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 VAG tool. Uh, it was the first portable diagnostic tool that allowed VW and Audi technicians to data log a car while driving. So we had one of the, the first ones, and it was pretty revolutionary at the time. So for us, it was something, it was just a joke when we were all sitting around trying to figure out what our next name was going to be. We were fairly established at the time, so we didn't feel like we had to you know, restrict ourselves to something that was specifically VW and Audi. Yeah. yeah. So it was the it was the 1552 VAG, it's the name of the, mm. the tool. So it's just, you know, how about 1552 and design we always wanted to use design because we didn't want to be locked into anything you know specific um because we always figured we would grow the company and we never knew what directions necessarily so um and then over time that morphed into changing you know spelling out the 15 with a lowercase f and then including the 5-2 because we had the 5-2 you know square logo Mm -hmm. um and then we just dropped the design part so you know Nice. Eventually, it'll probably just be five two because you know these <laughs> that's things, all that's you got to keep evolving, right? And yeah. and you guys have you guys always been just a wheel manufacturer? No, no, we that only that started in two thousand nine when I hooked up with Matt Crook, who was uh, who I had known through he ran Tuning Zubahor, which was a another parts place. Fifteen fifty two was uh, we imported German tuning products for years. Uh, we had exclusive rights to a couple different lines like the Opt sports line, uh, Project Zwo, uh, Utinger. And Wait, you said Opt? Yeah. No way. I've always thought it was ABT. I've always said ABT. No, it's the last <laughs> name. It's Johan Opt is, oh, wow. uh, was his no name. Idea. Yeah. That's I, right. always, I always thought it was ABT as yeah. well. Yeah. It's not ABT. three cap uppercase. It's just uppercase A, B, T. Yeah. Right. They're a, they're a uh, VW Audi dealership in Kempton, Germany. That's what they were. And he started a sports line, you know, tuning shop thing. And his sons, uh, Hans Jürgen and uh, Christian, they were in the German, you know, the DTM touring car series. So he supported with all that. But, yeah, it's just a guy named Johan. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. 
So when we, you know, were bringing those over, that was that's what we did. We sold those products, distributed them, and didn't do. We sold their wheels. Uh, I didn't want to make wheels except for the VW Snowflake, and that was something I wanted to make for so long. Yeah. Talked to manufacturers, said, "Why, you know, why don't you make this? Can we do this?" They told us how expensive it was. I said, "Never mind." And then, you know, Matt at the time was working for a wheel company, and I brought it up to him. He's like, "I bet I can get it done. Let's let's look into this." So we worked with our friend Jason Sellers, who is our engineer. He's been a structural engineer for a long time, and we gave them the design. Said, "You know, what would it take to make this?" And it's expensive, but it's something we knew we'd get our money back, and we wanted to do it. Yeah, and, and you guys did them. The snowflakes, did you just do them in OEM sizes? Or you no, kinda, that's you, the whole point. That was the whole thing. The, it was OEM plus. It was, uh, it, was the, it was the retro modern line. It was RML is what we – we envisioned uh-huh. a whole – like the next one was going to be the BMW E30 bottle cap that mm. we are going to do until we did a little test study and the forums told us everybody hates that wheel, nobody will buy it. <laughs> I still know I would have been right. I mean, I know people would have bought it. A, with a lip and With stuff, a lip and a, and a you know, 15 cool. by 8 or a 16 by 8, you know, 8. Yeah. It, it would have worked, but, you know, whatever. So we did, because I love that snowflake design, but it was only 14 by 6. Mm. And that doesn't clear any big brakes. And there were, you know, 14-inch tires haven't been available and real performance options for a long time. And... You know, 15 made a lot more sense. I mean, even everybody with Mark 1s was still putting, you know, 15, at least a 15-inch wheel. Right? My Mark 1, yeah, I had 15-inch uh, yeah. BBSs on it. Yep, you know, that was, exactly. that was so what you it, did. It made sense. And that thing, I mean, that that worked. Yeah, we we made 400 at first, and we said, you know, we may not ever make any more, but we sold the first 400, no problem. So we then we went to a 16 by 8 because... You know, we had people uh, with Corrados and things like that that wanted 16-inch wheels, and that did that did pretty well too. Yeah, I do remember that line. It was very popular on the VW Vortex forum. Oh did yeah, you, did you guys use that as like a platform? To oh, market that was it? yeah. VW Vortex was everything for yeah. us then. And uh, you know, the guy who started VW Vortex, Jamie Vondruska, he and I were friends before VW Vortex, so it was it was really easy. You know, we would you know help them with articles and do things. So it was a really good relationship. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, going back to, uh, I guess we should uh, take a step back to some early history. I mean, um, we're, I'm curious. Evidently, you were in the VW, like really entrenched in the VW scene. Is yeah. that kind of your roots? Were you like... Absolutely. Is that How did that start? Like, were you always a car guy or did something... Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, my, my father used to race uh, Formula Vs uh, at Lime Rock. He was one of his really good friends was Bob Sharp, you know, Scott Sharp's dad. And he used to race the, you know, the number 33 Datsun 510 in the, oh, you know, no in the Trans Am series and everything so i would go to lime rock regularly because i would you know we grew up in new york and lime rock was just you know up connecticut a little bit so um spent a lot of time there definitely a car guy from that and i like the you know the 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 sedan the the production-based you know motorsport always did it for me more than f1 or nascar or anything the car you could relate to always Yeah. yeah and so he I mean, I was really lucky. Growing up, my mother drove a, an Inca Orange uh, 2002 TII. Nice. And my dad had a F- Datsun 510 wagon on slotted mags and, you know, a Bob Sweet. Sharp exhaust and all that. So it was, you know, it was just unavoidable pretty much. Yeah. Super yeah. cool. Mm. And then, so so when you were 16, what was your first car? 
Um, I was actually 14. It was a VW Squareback, a Type 3. Oh, nice. That my dad and I bought, and it was it was a piece of crap, rebuilt it. Um, you know, there was no internet back then. There was no internet to tell me, do not even try to work with the stupid-ass fuel injection that 69 <laughs> VW Squareback. Even they couldn't make it run in 69. Yeah. But we tried, and... If there were the internet, I would have learned that the the carbs from, you know, the earlier cars were the way to go. But uh, I learned a lot from that. I had that car completely in pieces in my in my basement for two years before I got my license, and then uh, after that, I had a series of different air cooled VWs, uh, and that all led to a water cooled VW. My first VW was a. Uh, 1986 GTI oh, that was sitting on the showroom floor with uh, the BBS urethane body kit. Ooh. A lot of the, the Mark II guys know. Um, and uh, they called them the BBS silhouette. Uh, it was the RA. It was a 14 by 6, the BBS yeah. mesh, but it was a black center. And I just had to have that. I, I, I had to get the four-round headlight grill, which was very rare you know, in the U.S. at that time. And the car was a lemon. It was built in Westmoreland, Westmoreland, Pennsylvania, and it never ran right. It was a piece of crap. Mm. They actually bought it back for me. But then I got an 88 16 valve, you know, and did all kinds of cool stuff with that. So, yeah, it was all VW after that. And then you had Corrados and oh, yeah. everything else. I've had everything. Uh, I had everything but basically a Scirocco. Uh, I don't fit in the Mark II Scirocco at all. I actually They're fit, so small. I actually fit in the Mark One Mark, without a sunroof. My sun brother room. has a 80 Mark One. Yeah. And it's really roomy. Yeah. It's like kind of like a Mini Cooper or something. You're like, oh, yeah, that's really it's, tiny. It's, you get you know, in, it's, like it's, a, it's like a rabbit. It has less headroom, yeah. but, you know, I, I rabbits have tons of headroom. But you sit yeah. low enough and yeah. stuff where the Mark uh, Mark IIs, I remember, you're sitting them, you're hunched over. And, and they all had all the 16 valves. They all had the sunroof. Had huh? sunroof for, yeah. you know, most of them, and that took extra room away. Mm-hmm. So that was mm-hmm. that wasn't even an option. So when I we started doing business out here, we for a while we had we kept a, a, a showroom in and a shop in Sarasota, Florida, and then we had one out here in Newport Beach. And uh, I found a '77 um, out in the you know the high desert part uh, of California, and the paint was terrible, the interior is terrible, but not a ding and not a speck of rust. Nice. So I bought that, and it's still sitting in our in our shop. I haven't done anything with it, but it's oh, one of those cars that cool. I had to have. And they, they disappeared from the East coast decades ago. Right. Those things rusted away yeah. a long Even out time here, ago. I mean, you know, you'd be surprised. Like, I mean, uh, Lane's brother's car is actually like very intact. It's very preventable, right. but it's, it's, you know, it's got a little bit of rust, yeah. but it's, it's amazing out here. I, I've, I've maybe seen five in my life, to be honest. It's like, a rare car. I, I don't understand why they're not, you know, $15,000 cars oh, now, but yeah. they're still, they're still very affordable if you can find yeah. one. I think at some point it's going to be it's going to be worth. Something, I, I think right? so too. Such yeah. a great design. Yeah. 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 Oh, the Jajaro, the original. Yeah. It's 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 so cool to make a little short wheelbase car like that. It's just same with the Corrado. Look pretty sleek. Mm-hmm. You know, look you know slightly sexy is is not an easy thing to do yeah. from a design aesthetic and. You know, they pulled it off. That's a great profile. That car. Oh, the best! Mm-hmm. Like, I love taking profile pictures of that car yeah. just because that it's rear so window, crisp and yeah, everything's so great about Does it. Does your brothers kind of Euro bumpers? I can't remember. No, it has U.S. bumpers. Yeah. Unfortunately, you can't. It's like nearly impossible to find Euro bumpers for a Scirocco. There's know. some repros, of some really good repros from a guy uh, that actually we had done business. We bought a few sets from in Mexico. Oh, and uh, they're 
totally faithful to the Euro design they and super them? high quality. It's been a while, yeah. Um, but I, probably because I know the rabbits are narrower, so right. like you can't fit those obviously. Right. And those are cheap and easy to find actually for yeah. repos. Yeah, uh, and he does the plastic ones and he does the metal ones, oh, like, okay. like the ones that on my car. Because yeah. on the '77, there is no real difference between the Euro and the. And the uh -huh. so. Yeah, his is an '80, so it has the wraparound right. turn signals. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but the his is like ones. a cool. It's is it a, an S? It's a no. It's not an S, yeah. but it's brown. Yeah, it's a brownish copper color. Oh yeah, I know that color. It's really sure. cool. And then it has like LS Recaros. Yep. from period. Nice, like tan interior. And it's real, and it has it has some. Uh, it's a, it has a swap in it too, right? It has a GTI swap. Nice. Um, you know, eight valve GTI and everything. Cars so. weigh eighteen hundred pounds. So you cool. you get one hundred and thirty horsepower out of those. It's fun. And it's it's, it's a, a blast. blast. Yeah. I have a question for before we go more into your like history in 1552. So my first car that I ever had was a 79 Rabbit uh -huh. um, C Coupe, right. yep. which is like the big, the base model, yep. no tack, just a single gauge. Um, and I bought it. It had like 60,000 original miles on it. It was really nice. It was it was pale yellow with black interior. Uh, cool. But it had this thing. Maybe you've heard of it because I don't know anyone that ever has it. I can't find pictures anywhere. It was like a dealer-installed package called the Sidewinder package. Did you ever hear of that? It's hard to stump me on this stuff, but no, I, I can't say that oh, I have. Man, I, I, I never took a picture of the car. This is like pre-digital you know, digital cameras right, and right. stuff. Yep. And I just never had a picture of the car. And at the time, I was like, this thing's so geeky and nerdy looking. Because uh, it was yellow, so it had brown and orange stripes going, like, horseshoe on the hood. Oh, that's so cool. And then it had brown, it had stripes going down the lower portion of the body, and it said Sidewinder 2 with a silhouette of a um, Sidewinder rattlesnake. Wow. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that, is, that was so lame and, in the 70s, yeah, but right now right. it's like, hell yeah. Yeah, you, you exactly. Would, just driving by here, period, correct? You'd that win thing. cars and coffee. <laughs> yeah. You'd win like, everywhere yeah, you went. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I That's what I love about the car scene, how that stuff happens like that. And if yeah. you just stay a car guy long enough, mm -hmm. all the crap that you hated when you were younger and turned your nose up yep. at is like For now sure. cool and you know about it. And yeah. It's yeah, it's definitely and that's the stuff. Like I couldn't prime that car fast enough. Basically, even though the paint was good, I was like, I need, yep. you know, it's like so geeky. Um, but nowadays you're like, man, I could probably get twenty thousand for that car and bring a trailer. Or probably, and so, if it were original, yeah, 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 it's crazy. It's just it's just how it is. There, there, I mean, go through our history, all the cars that we never should have sold. Yeah, <laughs> you get the crystal ball. I, you know, I hate to even think about it from a, you know, a monetary, monetary perspective. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's way in the six figures. And a lot of them were pretty crappy cars at the time, but that's yep. just, that's just the way things change. For sure. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, I was just saying we were, uh, we were talking last night to someone and they asked us that question. Like, do you guys regret, re regret selling cars you've had? And I, my answer was, I don't really regret anything from like, a car standpoint, but, but I, do from, clock I do from and, the monetary yeah, standpoint, but yeah. like, you know, usually it's like, you're just moving on to something else and yep. you know, you have different life oh, scenarios yeah. and stuff and you don't really, you know, the car itself, but now you look back and you're like, Oh my God, it's more like I could have bought. Right. That, well, that I regret more. Than well, we that. have, it's like history as a way of, of building up some cars beyond what they really were and what they are. And, uh, you know, I get 
shit all the time about, you know, my view of the E30 M3 and I've owned yep. several of them, but that's, that's that car. It's a, it's a very special car. It's, you know, it's provenance, everything about it. It, it is a car and it's awesome to look at, but when you own one and drive it around and, you know, I hope you do drive it if you, if you have one, it, it's just not, it's, it's not what a lot of people think it is. I agree. And it's, you know, I mean, if you accept that and you still love the car, then you, you know, you're good because it's going up in value and all that. But right. it, it, it's this icon unicorn God's chariot thing for a lot of people. It's funny. I mean, that's a hashtag yeah. on Instagram and, uh, it's just, it's just not, you know, yeah. um, I think we we I think all of us kind of take the the stand of I mean a lot of times it's like a 325 IS is actually a better it is I mean it has the torque has the torque and yep. you know and for what you know sounds it's, better it's uh, not thrashy yeah. that thing revs that, and it's smoother yeah that and, M20 it's a great engine yeah so but, but the that's S14 pretty, I mean that's the other thing back when they weren't worth my, my first. You know, my first two E30 M3s, you know, either the first one I built to a, a 2.5, um, and I was mentioning to Art earlier, I thought that that was the least bang for the buck thing I've ever done with a car as far as, you know, what I got and what I spent. Um, but it was an opportunity and I'd always wanted to do it. And then the next one was a, you know, a six cylinder swap. It was an S50 with, uh, you know, S52 parts and every bolt on you could do. And that thing was, it was such a, that's the way the car, you know, in my opinion, should have come, mm. you know, if, if it weren't a homologation car, if they yeah. could have done any engine they wanted and all this stuff about the balance of the car. Well, I mean, we've learned a long time ago through suspension, you know, uh, uh, components and uh geometry changes and things like that how to offset you know various weight balances and things like that so my car handled great and this is a street car too yeah you know? so that's i needed i need to have that conversation with you because i had that setup and i did not like the way it handled it was just it felt very nose heavy hmm. and it didn't transition as nicely as i i you know as i remember s14 powered cars uh, transitioning but again i didn't it was a a pretty basic, you know, coilover setup, and I didn't do anything outside of just align it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely needs negative camber up front. Yeah, for uh, sure. The, the that, toe, that, the toe spec is really, really important. And uh, as far as, um, you know, what you and I were talking about before, it's you know, it's the steering rack. The stock yeah. rack is three point six turns lock to lock. So bad. It is yeah. hard to get that even the S fourteen to turn. I mean, you know how to do it. Um, and if you have the car set up, it will. I mean, it will rotate. Yeah. But it's got to be pretty high speeds. Changing to the Z3 rack, which is 2.7 turns, mm. it, it just changes everything. And combined with the six-cylinder, I mean, I'll put you will have more fun in that if it's set up right than an S14 with a basic stock setup. Uh, as far as turn-in rotation and just getting rid of that nose-heavy and, and mechanical yeah. grip is really important too. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. And, and I agree. Yeah, and. I definitely am aware of that that particular car. I've had several E30s, and you do require a lot of negative camber up front to actually get them to to, to uh, transition well and everything. Right. And I did not have a, an experience, or I haven't had an experience uh, with an S50 or S52 swap car with a Z3 rack. I've only driven S14 Z3 rack cars. Right. And yeah, it's night and day. I mean, yeah. I, I agree. I, I, and I, you know, I've had this conversation on the podcast before, but it's it's like going from driving an old Mercedes, it feels to like a Miata or something. Like yeah. It's like it really livens it up so much more. You know. Yeah, it's and the Mercedes, thing, you know, that has the recirculating ball steering instead of the rack and pinion is, yeah. is notorious for, and they're, you know, they're dead on center and it's so many, you know, so many turns yep. to, to get the car to, to rotate. But, 
Um, and then the other thing is all my six cylinder cars didn't, didn't have AC. So, you know, mm. in front of the, you know, the front axle line, I didn't weigh it like that. I, you know, oh yeah. Not, so you the, took out some weight basically off yeah. the nose of the car yeah. too. And, uh, even did some, you know, some stuff with the front rebar, uh, to lighten it as well. So, hmm. you know, less, less safe in a front end, you know, in a fender bender, yeah. but it was, you know, it, it, you could feel it. Yeah, that no, that sounds good. Yeah, mm. now you're starting to convince me again to go in that direction because <laughs> <laughs> I have been looking at those cars again, you know, and I and it's just as we discussed earlier, you know, there's a, a really beautiful example parked outside, and and you know we're at period correct here in Costa Mesa, uh, Costa Mesa, mm. and uh, you know there's some really lovely cars in the lot, and um, you know every time you see one, especially if you owned one before, you always get drawn again, and it's like one of those things where you forget like the quirks and the weirdness, and you just like it's it still seems that awesome, mm. and then but. You know, I, I was I was talking about this a couple of podcasts ago, maybe that I would like to get in and if I get into another one to build it, build like the ultimate example that and build it exactly how I want it to be in terms it's of funny this, you say that because yeah. I'm trying my partner, Matt Crook, I keep telling him our next business model outside of 1552 has to be taking an E30 M3 and, and, and singerizing it. There you um, go. So good. And the beauty of that is I don't have to start with an E30 M3. Yeah. I can start with any E30. I'm going to seam weld, you know, everything. I'm going to do everything from the chassis acid dip it, and it's going to be the best of the best, you know, whether it's E36, E46 suspension, mm. whatever engine I want to do. Uh, the the carbon, you know, the box flares, but it's slightly wider and carbon fiber, you mm. know, the way, you know, Rob Dickinson does and on his Singer cars and just, yeah, it's a $200,000 E30 M3, but... You know, that's that's what I at this point in my life, that's what I'd want. You know, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and the materials and the, the drive is what a two thousand, a two hundred thousand dollar car should yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I know it. Yeah. You know, Rob put into starting these cars and the tooling it takes to get it. It's you know no no small feat financially, and even at the prices that those cars sell for, there's not nearly as much profit as people people think oh, is sure. in them. I mean, it's mm. so there's so much time and thought yeah. in every single little detail. I mean, down to the wire harness, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. The, it's all mil spec stuff. Yep. For sure. Well, the, yeah, that's one of those cars you could take. You know, you could pick any square foot or you know foot and just take a picture of it, and you can see all the little detail work, right? Yeah. Like, that counts for so that's so many man hours yep above like anything else you know like a lot a lot of things you'll take you know you look at that little section you're like oh there's nothing really to look at here yep. it's just you know and and i know what that takes just to like in my business we do carbon fiber like high end stuff right and it's like it's all little interior pieces yeah and you will take a part and like i'll be like grinding little corner just to make a corner perfect and then colors you know and then color sanding it and doing all this stuff it's like so much it's, so many man hours yep, and and they're doing that on the entire vehicle with like all these different materials yep, bumper to bumper. And, yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy it's amazing and it, it's you know the porsche 911 is the car that that would work on and yeah. who knows if they're enough wealthy you know, 40, 50, 60 year old, whatever guys that, that view the E30 M3 like mm -hmm. that, that would buy the ultimate E30 M3. But, uh, you know, if there are five of them, I'd like to do it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, no, it's just, I, it'd be cool. I think it's very likely. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially right now when like everyone is, is coming to the, or coming of age is the wrong word, but I mean, people that, um, grew up with that car is like, you know, is that one car that they wanted to own, right? Growing up. I mean, in the E30 M3, it was like this, this has always been this amazing kind of car on a pedestal, halo car, whatever you, you want to call it. Yeah. 
and to get to a point where you're established enough and you can afford the ultimate example of that, I can see, I can totally see a market for that. Well, I mean, the goal would be to to take one of those and make sure it can go around Willow or whatever, um, substantially faster than like an F80 modern day M3 Mm. M you know, M4 could do. Yeah. And and even then, I mean, let's say that it's at par or even like not as fast. I mean, it's more, it's the experience, right? That you're, that you have that that is super key, whether it's all the touch points or how visceral it is, how it sounds. And then driving that car too is like super, just, I mean, I could totally see it. (laughs) So can I. Um, We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll try to contribute maybe. Like we always get that question of which, which car would you singerize, you know? Oh yeah, that's a, that's something over beers. That's a yeah. You, you yeah. can't you know you can't run out of material. To uh, talk I was about just thinking that. like when you were think when you were talking box, I was thinking like a UR Quattro would be super cool, right? Yeah. And if you did like all that detail work and stuff. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. yeah. I think I've said when, when we had that question, I said 2002s. I think that's another angle yeah. too. Like I mean, because it's they're so simple, so that you can get there very quickly yep. in terms of. And you can find the shells too, the carcasses. It's like right. I was like a 3.0 like CSI would be awesome too, but. That's a harder it's thing a to harder. come by. And then you deal with all the people that are, you know, I can't believe you're doing that to one of exactly. those. Exactly. You know, how many of those are in the junkyards rusting away because they're, they're even wealthy people can't you know, yeah. fix them and restore them because yeah. it's just, you know, there's so many, you know, no longer available trim parts and everything on yeah. that. It's But it is it is one of the prettiest. It's beautiful. You know, that roof coops. line is yes. like the, one of the most beautiful yeah. things. It's so ever. elegant. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I mean, the nine—the one thing the nine eleven has going for it, which the E thirty kind of does too, because they made them late enough. But the nine eleven has like that they're pulling from the nine six four, and they're able to pull from this like whole, you know, from thirty years of cars or, right. or longer even. You know? Well, and then you have the modern ones that some people don't care for. They yeah. don't, you know, it's not. It doesn't like the air cool guys. A lot of them. Don't think too much of like the nine nine one, especially because it is a you know twice we've all seen the pictures of them next to a yeah. Yeah, like an SC like I have, and it's 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 funny. You know, yeah, I mean, sure. it's so much bigger. But when you see one on its owner drive, it's not a you know in the context of you know everybody's got an SUV. It's not a big car. It's a small no. car. But yeah, it, yeah, yeah. that's where what Singer does is because he gives the people the opportunity to have everything you have in one of the newer cars from you know speed style and all that, but it's still a retro car, the whole backdate kind of appeal to it. Whereas mm-hmm. a a three series BMW, I mean there are three series BMWs now, but unlike the nine eleven, which still has that same silhouette, they different don't, windshields, they don't different anything. nothing, I mean, nothing the same. No shared parts. The, the right? lineage isn't isn't obvious. Yeah. Right. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So I mean uh, evidently uh you know we went uh you you went from V dub to BMW and now you're driving a nine eleven SC. Right. Is this your first uh Porsche? Yeah. Oh really? Yep. Yeah. And how did that, how did that come about? Um, uh, that Magnus Walker guy, pretty much. <laughs> I, I have to I have to admit it. We, it, you can only take it Damn so him. much, you know, on a daily basis because we started making wheels with Magnus before I got that car, mm-hmm. and uh, I had the E thirty M three, and you know I felt pretty good about that. I felt pretty special, and I you know I brought it out to L A. and I even let him thrash it over the Sixth Street Bridge and. You know, he brought it back and goes, what's, what's wrong with this? Is, you know, is, this, is it running correctly? And it's like, <laughs> yes, it's fine, man. It's just a little four-cylinder, and it, you know, it, it just, it's, it's okay, you know. And like I said, you know, it, you can only take it so, you know, so long when he's always asking, when are you doing this? you got to represent, you know, because like, we 
Oh, you, and Matt, you do a good one. Then Matt got one. You got an SC, and it's like, yeah. all right, I got it. We might have to do the rest of the podcast with you. Yeah, that was a good impression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I could get rolling on that. That wouldn't be good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and Matt got his, and then you kind of followed suit. I hate the way that sounds, oh, yeah, especially because Matt and I are. So you totally you know, copied. I'm him. the old guy in the, you know, and Matt's yeah. supposed to be following me. I'm supposed to be tutoring him, yeah. you know. But yeah, there's, you know, everybody uh, follows Matt Crook with something at some point, you know, because <laughs> he's such a trendsetter, that guy. And what year is yours? It's an eighty. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you got it. Looks pretty low out there. What what uh, what's <laughs> going on with it? Yeah, it's um. It's got a bump steer kit, and then just it's got some Bilstein sports, and it's just you know adjusted re-indexed torsion bars adjusted uh-huh. way just too the low. stock torsion bars re-indexed yeah i mean it's yeah. you know, i took the, it wasn't that low until i had it because i live in florida yeah. most of the time I, i'm out here quite a bit but i normally don't keep a car out here uh, i like having it in florida because i like driving it you know my my daughter thinks it's you know really dope i go pick her up uh-huh. in school with it awesome. and she's instantly cool so you know as a dad that's you know that's invaluable For sure of course um but you know florida there's the roads are straight yeah. You know, there are a couple curves. We all know where they are and we all drive way too fast, but it's over. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, and then that car doesn't have AC in it. Mm. And in Florida, I, I don't mind the heat. It's the fact that in the summer it rains almost every day. And without AC to demist the windshield. So you have to have the windows up. You're driving. And, yeah. yeah. And, and it rains so hard that and and horizontally that if you're you know you got a little crack you get you get wet yeah. and that means then my my daughter doesn't think it's so cool yeah. my wife isn't going to drive it, you know drive in it and it just doesn't it doesn't work as a summer car proposition there so that's why you know I bring it out here for the summer uh-huh. and I always joke on Instagram about you know it's you know those Florida canyons are you know <laughs> not quite as good as out here and I always get somebody where are they? Where, yeah, yeah, tell me, you know, can I go with you? And it's like, no, nah, there are no Florida canyons. <laughs> There's yeah. no Florida anything. Florida's one flat. of the flattest states I've ever been to. I it's remember, a point A to yeah, point B place. I was in a, in Orlando for work, and I was in a, in a tall hotel. Right. I remember just looking out. And, see the curvature of the earth? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, as, as far as you can curvature. see. Curvature. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, curvature. This is flat earth, right? Um, yeah. But no, that that's awesome. So, I mean, it's it looks fantastic, by the way. Oh, and it, and it has some really cool wheels I was about it. to get to those. I dig them. So what's up with these new wheels? Yeah, they, uh, it looks like they're kind of like a 917. Design. Yeah, it's our it's our tribute to yeah. the you know the 917 hard edge five Penta. Uh, well, I mean, people see but that you it know, is, but, but it is a 917. Yeah, it's, oh, it's absolutely yeah. even the you know there there people have made you know replicas or tributes of those for you know they've come and gone and most of them because the the 917 wheels were all center locks yeah. and most of them have made some lame you know, hexagonal center Fake, cap to make right. it look center like cap, that. Yeah. And some put the, the, the lug openings in the spoke or in between, you know, in the star pattern. And, you know, they've come and gone. We've just always had our own idea of what we think would be cool. Mm. And it just fits into the outlaw, you know, theme so well that we just decided let's, you know, let's make them. But yeah, they're absolutely the way the, the, the center spout, there is no center cap. It's you can't even buy a you know a, a five two outlaw center cap for these. Uh, they're always it's always a brushed center. So from a distance, it gives a you know it gives the feel of a you know a, a center lock going on, but it's mm. not hex shape or anything like yeah. that. It's just a design detail, mm. and it's a yeah you didn't want to like pose at all. No, I mean yeah. in the wheel game, it's so it's so tough because there's you know replica this tribute that, and while. 
I definitely know what the difference is, and I'm very comfortable with it, at Can least we, the actually, way we do it. I'd like to get into that after that, but because I mean, I think it's something that's still very unclear yeah. for a lot of people. But it, um, and you know, for us, it's we make there's something that we had on our on our wall in our Newport Beach shop. It was you know, design what you wish existed, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what we do um, when it comes to wheels. And that going back to the snowflake thing, I just wanted a snowflake that fit modern car. So let's, let's make it like that. I didn't think of any of the consequences mm-hmm. back then. Hater wasn't even a word for the internet. <laughs> um, you know, we had trolls, but it was a little different and I just, this is what I wished existed. I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. So when, you know, it comes to the way we look at new designs, the potential for them, uh, all these things and all the lessons we've learned, it goes into it. And we have several designs that we all really dig you know, internally that we aren't going to release because it's too similar to Mm. something that somebody else has come up with and it just doesn't, you know, make sense. But it is one of those things that because it's exactly the way we like. We have a a mesh, you know, motorsport wheel in our RSR line and it's very, you know, evocative of a a BBS E88. Yeah. Um, It's it's different, but, you know, a 10-spoke mesh motorsport wheel where lightness and strength, okay, these are engineering principles, and there aren't a lot of different avenues to get to that same point. Yeah, There's yeah. certain things that that physics, you know, dictates, and when you're using a specific, you know, uh, material, and it has to be round. You you have re- design restraints, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, yeah. and so a lot of the times they end up looking, you know, very similar. And you can do some details, but I mean, some of our details add weight to the wheel and we're okay with that for yeah. a Roka because mm-hmm. details and aesthetics are important. That's why people buy wheels. Not everything has to be the lightest wheel and nor should it be. I mean, you know, we, we, you know, we work with Ken block. We work with, you know, that's, that's how we met. Ken was, you know, with, he was about to film Jim Connor four and he came to us while well, we, you know, his, uh, at the time business manager, Brian Scotto was a really good old, VW kid friend of ours from VW Vortex and all that and from the New York area. And uh, he saw the uh, rendering that we did of the, the tarmac wheel. And he's like, hey, could you do these, you know, for us, Ken, Ken needs a new wheel. The, the the ones he has, and I won't say what they are, but they kept breaking on him. Yeah. And the company, because they were really light, and the company that makes them wouldn't do special things for him, you know, make them stronger in certain areas or, mm-hmm. you know, even colors. We're like, yeah, hell yeah, we can make a strong wheels so that was that's why the tarmac isn't the lightest wheel but yeah. it's definitely one of the strongest wheels and you know you have a you have a car and in, in drive it in midtown manhattan and you know you got to go over the you know the B, bqe or the you know go up 95 through connecticut or something it's you appreciate that so yeah. you know it's like shoes there's different you know different uh techniques and methods to get to uh, you know different purposes absolutely yeah no it's <laughs> no, that that's awesome. I mean, so w- one thing that I've been wanting to ask you for a while actually is, um, you talk about design a lot. You talk about in- inspiration and everything. Like, who's actually designing the wheels at fifteen fifty two? We all do, and that's the beauty of it. There's there's three of us. It's Matt, myself, and Jason, who is our engineer, and we're all friends. We're all car guys, but we're all wheel geeks. We have been all the time, and we it, it often starts with a send a picture, mm. you know, a group text or something. Oh man, remember this wheel? This was cool. Can we do something like that? 
Now, this is probably setting off a lot of alarm bells for people. It's like, see, I knew they copied other people. But there, <laughs> yeah. there's no way to do this. Yeah. Unless, unless it comes to you in a dream, and it's gonna be, it's not going to be round, you yeah. know, because yeah. that, that is a, a constraint. It, you are inspired by the things you grew up admiring Absolutely. and respecting. And, and the tarmac is, it's a combination of all the cool five-spoke rally re- wheels that we really liked from the 80s, from Speedline, from mm-hmm. OZ, uh, you know, Compomotive. It's our difference is that ours was absolutely completely flat. There's no lip. There's no concavity. There's no convex. It's just, it's just a flat wheel with a, a you know, a specific. It's almost pole. like the absence of style. It is. It's almost two dimensional, and that's yeah. why you know, at the time, everything you know, people want concave. We have yet to find a you know a wheel a brake setup that doesn't clear them pretty easily as long as it's you know a diameter that matches that's suitable for the rotor caliper size um, you know even at a higher offset so it's a very purposeful motorsport wheel but that's something that we designed based on the stuff that we've always liked mm-hmm. um, the Turbo Mac that was a collaboration with, with Ken. You know, the the tarmac was his wheel for Jim Connor 4, Jim Connor 5. Ken loves the Group B rally days. I mean, he he's such a geek about all those cars. And he likes the, you know, the tur- he loved turbo fans. He liked the, tur- the vented wheels, yeah. you know, the Ronal turbos and everything. It's, he just says, you know, hey, I wish the tar- we could do something turbo style with the tarmac. Bam. You know, not, not hard to do. Right. But that's something that... The only inspiration from that, really, I mean, everybody knows the vein. I mean, there's a function there. The back of those wheels are, are designed using fluid dynamics to actually, you know, uh, draw heat out from the wheel well. So, I mean, that's been done for years, and we work with that five-spoke center. But no, that that that's not a tribute from anything else that we ever saw, and that's why there really isn't any other wheel that looks just like a Turbo Mac. Yeah. Um, so that's that's pretty much how we do it. That's awesome. Yeah. No. I, I right now you mentioned something. You meant I'm going back to the E30 thing. Sorry. Uh, the bottle cap design. Right. The Ronal turbos. Mm-hmm. I, that that's always reminded me of like a a better sized and proportioned yeah. ro- uh, bottle cap. Yep. Because I mean they have less holes and then also just the, the shape is very similar. Right. Like rudimentary kind yep. of basic or kind of basic design. Right. But uh. Yeah. But I can, just going back to that, I could totally see how that would have been successful potentially. <laughs> or if you're still in. Well, that. you've seen the. It was funny because. Not too long after we had pretty much shelved the idea of the bottle cap for, I mean, we we have a million designs that we want to do, but we're a very small company with limited resources, and we have to go with what is going to sell mm-hmm. in volume and recoup our mold fees so we can make money and come up with the next design. And these niche, you know, markets are really cool, and we started with that, but it's. You know, our goal is to make a lot of money selling, you know, whatever this, you know, the next design is mm-hmm. that's more mainstream so we can do more, you know, low volume niche wheels because that's what we enjoy. Yeah. That's the cool it's stuff. It's funny how that works, right? That's the kind of like the balance of life. Well, it's, por- it's let's go back to Porsche. It's, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's the Cayenne. Totally. It's Macan. That, that, those cars enable Porsche to make a GT3 RS, a GT2 RS, the, the stuff that costs a fortune to engineer and, and, and you know, federalize and do all that stuff and then they do super limited runs of them you know like the 911r you know that was a you know a very limited run whether they ever recoup their investment on that who knows but selling hundreds of thousands of suvs and you know four-door sedans gives them the cash flow to do that absolutely so 
you know, we'd love to be in that position, but right now it's, you know, we've got to make what, what we know is going to sell. So, but as I was saying, when we, you know, when we had shelved the bottle cap idea, somebody, uh, I think it was in Europe did what's very common is they take a cast wheel and they cut the center out and they drill it for like a, you know, 35 hole, 40 hole BBS, you know, barrel, RS yeah. barrel, lip and barrel. And then they, you know, they mount them together. That's, I mean, just say that's not exactly a safe thing to do. Um, I don't think they're doing any, you know, structural analysis of these cut cast centers as far as, you know, uh, load force, you know, yeah, how they for, stand up. After, yeah, yeah, in a three-piece, you know, but again, a lot of them are show wheels. They're not yeah, going yeah. on the track. And, you know, we haven't heard of horror stories, but yeah. they did it. Somebody did it with bottle cap and it looked amazing. And yeah. Instagram went wow. wild. You're like, I told you. So. Oh, I, I, and I had somebody <laughs> tag me who was from, uh, I forget which, which BMW forum it was where we, you know, asked that question and he was one of the dissenters who said no you have to do this will be really cool yeah. mm. and he tagged me in that saying dude yeah, yeah. i want to see it what's the hashtag do it <laughs> how about like uh phone dials are those are going to make a comeback like how would the i think those could look uh, cool. rotiform has a version of that do and it looks, yeah and it looks it looks really cool because they very, never made uh they very, never made anything wider than like an eight inch right you know, 16 by eight and and cookie cutters i mean there's cookie definitely cutters would be super cool mm. We've looked at that's really hard to do anything other than a cookie cutter. And our thing, we will never do a straight up replica. It's always got to yeah. have some design. Even if you don't know the differences when you just look at it, we do. And it's something that we discussed and beat to death yeah. in conference calls and stuff and argued over. But there are little, little details that we have to put in there to make us happy that we, I don't want to say we made the original design better. Like what we did with the Fuchs, you know, we didn't make a, better Fuchs, you know, with the outlaw wheel with Magnus, but we did something that for us looked, you know, cooler you in the context of that. seeing Fuchs everywhere yeah. and everything. Cause we weren't going to do a straight replica of a Fuchs. There's enough of them out there yep. and you don't want to, you don't want to totally, I mean, you don't want to change it to the point where it's it unrecognizable. Yeah, cause, you yeah. know, what's the point of that? So, um, hollowing out the, the pedals. It's, it's kind of like a 914 wheel and a Fook. You know, a 914 Fook and a 911 Fook kind of melded together, and that creates it, yours in a lot is. of ways. I mean, yeah. it's a, I mean I'll, t I'll tell you how it, it happened by mistake, too. It happened with uh, an email exchange between Jason and myself where he didn't understand what I was asking. Mm. And I'm glad he didn't because <laughs> I was looking at uh, a new GT3 and looking at the center lock, you know, forged wheels that they can, and it's a, it's an open pedal, mm -hmm. you know, Fuchs, yeah. um, you know, in 20 inches, but it was, it was very clear. And I just basically said, what if we did some, and I'm thinking I want to do a monoblock wheel for the modern cars. What if we did, you know, a, a real Fuchs version and we close the end of the pedals, um, because theirs are open, they bleed into the rim and then they stop. Yeah. Um, you know, and I had an idea and I'm trying, and in words, it's really hard to, to get a point. Now we're, we're all in tune with each other. Usually this, this works and he comes back with a, with a rendering that is, you know, very close to what we're thinking and then yeah. we can pick it apart and, yeah. and shape it. Make little but changes. he came back with, it was just a, you know, it was, it was a Fuchs with an open spoke and it, and we had been working with Magnus as well on what can we do um, to do something different. And Magnus had, you know, some very specific do's and don'ts on what we could do that he would put his name on. And it couldn't be a replica and it couldn't be some lame, you know, variation of it or, you know, something that didn't 
that, that wasn't faithful. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw this come back in my email. I'm like, what the? It's like, holy, this is really, this is really cool. Text it to Magnus. Come back, call me. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. You know, nice. I mean, it was just such a, it was such a no brainer. We didn't even have to change it up very much. And that's it's like, cool. you know, that's how these things go. And, yeah. uh, but that's where, that's a perfect case that we don't have a designer mm. because this has, and that's why a lot of our wheels, you can kind of tell they're made by us and, you know, they're pretty faithful to a design ethic that we have. And it's because we all have input and it won't reach the light of day unless we are all cool with it. You're all on board. There's yeah. one, there's one design out there right now that two of us really like a lot. One of us doesn't says no way. And mm. it's not, it's not out. And mm. it's, Mm. That's just how it's got to be. We all trust each other so much that if one person doesn't, yeah, isn't isn't yeah. down, then it's probably not something we should. So do. how many how many times have you been asked for like a real turbo fan style wheel? Oh man, <laughs> yeah. How yeah. many times? Not <laughs> enough that we are we're going to do it. Are you? Yeah, yeah. We're going to do is it. Is it a safety thing or is what's well the... with the ones we made for Ken? These are spun aluminum discs with super sharp welded veins. Yeah. You know that are at a specific <laughs> angle. Uh -huh. It's like you know it's like a ninja throwing star. It's uh, during the filming of Jim Connor Six when the director saw us putting these on Ken's car, he had a conference with everybody. And it was one of those, listen up, people, during filming, you know, it's one of those, see something, say something. If you see any wobbling, if you see anything with these, you know, these are very dangerous things here. If you see any of that, say something. Everybody <laughs> with a microphone, anybody you see with a microphone, you tell them, and we will shut down. So, wow. yeah, they're those concerns. Yeah. I mean, they were, you know, bolted on and, I mean, yeah. very, you know, yeah. very, very secured. But you've seen the way Ken drives. Nothing, yeah, yeah. you know, nothing's going to stay in one piece if he doesn't want it to. If he wants to, he'll, Ken gets some, some crap sometimes for, you know, people see like they're already tire marks down on where he's, you know, driving. And it's like, it's not because Ken needs 20 times to, to net. Ken is a perfectionist. He wants to get. He wants to touch the curb. Yeah, he wants the best shot He wants possible. to do that, and yeah. he's going to do it until he gets closer and closer and closer. We were watching at uh, Universal Studio for Jim Connor 4, and d during the, um, the where he comes down the hill and goes through the Bates Motel and around there, mm -hmm. he did the around the, the, the fountain. He did that perfectly the first time. And at Universal, we only had so much time at each set because they were open. Mm. You know, there were trains of Japanese tourists all oh, there, yeah, and, yeah. You know, and this was all supposed to be secret. So, you know, the director's like, all right, perfect, let's go. Now, Kenzin's got, hold it, I'm going again. I can get, <laughs> I, I can do that better. I can get that closer. And that's what that is, mm. okay? I, I want to be clear about that because it drives me crazy when people, you watch them come down and it's like, this is a four-wheel drive car, okay, with super big and sticky tires. Yep. And he is going down really fast, his first run. And he gets it sideways under control like that in exactly the way he wants to do it and come out and get within, you know, three inches, six inches of the curb yeah. and, and then takes off. You're questioning his driving skill? Give me a break. I don't right. care how much rubber you see down there. The man can drive. Yeah. He just wants to get it within two inches. So, but anyway, that's, you know, that's, uh, I even forget how I got to that part. Uh, turbo fans. Oh, turbo yeah. fans. So, yeah, he, with the Turbo Mac... He said, I want turbo fans. And they're talking about, he's like, and they have to be 
effective they have to be because the idea was to get some slow motion shots with the with the tire smoke coming out through the vein mm. and he's like can you do this i don't want to do it if we don't get that shot like jason can you do this he's like yeah i can do that that's you know that that that, that stuff exists i you know that's all mm. open source i know how to do that so um yeah we we designed them made them put them on the car and there's some awesome like still shots of that one of the best is uh Shot by Ron Zaras. It's Ken's, you know, photographer. He travels with Ron Carr is his uh, Instagram name. He travels with Ken doing everything, does that. And uh, he's just, you know, he's like part of the family. Yeah. And during uh, the SEMA show, Ken was doing demo rides and stuff with the Gymkhana 6 car. And Ron took some amazing shots of the, the, you know, the wheels turned at an angle and just the smoke. You could see it coming from inside the wheel well pulling through the wheel and then coming out the fan and you know the graphics they had on the fan and everything and that it's just it was beautiful man and that uh, that, that went viral awesome. so you know all the blogs and everything where tumblr accounts had that one shot yeah, yeah but that was like total vindication there for people who either argued the effectiveness of turbo fans or were totally confused people thought they were supposed to bring cool air in because oh, to uh, cool the brakes, well yeah. because the you know the bmw you know the m5 the e34 Four. Had and that's how they designed those, and yeah. they even had a little like you know pictograph about how their you know engineering function was. But that's you know it's pretty rare. Whereas the Audi cars, they were you know from Trans Am and you know the IMSA, they were they were banned because it was they weren't cooling the brakes; they were sucking so much air from under the car. It was increasing yeah, the yeah, downforce yeah. Yeah. like crazy to the point where it just wasn't it just wasn't fair. So you know, it was that whole yeah, unfair yeah. advantage, and it went with Quattro. So. The technology absolutely works, but it, you know, modern cars don't need that. We, you know, modern materials, especially you know, you know, composite, you know, rotors and things like that, yeah. and pad materials. You don't need turbo fans to cool your brakes, but, but they look amazing. They are cool. <laughs> they are. Cool. They're so, so cool. They're they're like it's another one of those things like we were talking about earlier. I think like when I was a kid, I thought they looked kind of lame. Well, they're a flat disc. Let's like be no honest. They're, they're hubcaps. There's yeah, a guy. Exactly. There's a guy in Europe. I think he's in, he had an Audi 90 or whatever, and those came with, or it's probably an 80 because they came with yeah. plastic hubcaps that look, you know, they're they're little vented on there and they're solid there. He just took a decal, you know, made a BBS mesh, oh, you yeah. know, the golden oh, black right. with BBS, and he stuck it on there and he put it on his car, and that they just blew people because really? they look yeah. real, and it's like. Mm. Come on, guys. After they are hubcaps. Yeah. When you get down to yeah. it, they're they're hubcaps, especially right. if they're plastic. So, but it's like retro cool now. Oh, it's definitely and, and, and you it's, see it and it's like, oh man, that looks so good. Like my nine forty four, like you see the G the nine twenty four GTS race cars yes. and stuff with those turbo fans. It looks so good. Yeah, you know, and they like, oh man, and they did function. They did serve a yeah. purpose, and we do a lot of those things. I mean, how many of us have? Any kind of spoiler or air yeah. dam on our car, and you know, ninety nine percent of the driving we do, do we need those either? No, but no. those are they're cool because they do function in the right environment, and we got them from motorsports, from motorsports, and that's you know whether you call it photo sport or whatever, we are inspired by that stuff, and we want it on our personal cars, and that, nobody needs to apologize for that. It's yeah, it's totally. cool, makes so, you happy. So you mentioned the material. I mean, you, those were you know very sharp. They were aluminum. Like, do you th are you guys experimenting with maybe like plastic yeah. or something? Like something yeah, so yeah a, com a composite that, and it's it's the mounting system that oh, that's key. important. But we've got that. The other thing is, there's no you know because the bat to be functional, they have to contour to whatever wheel they go on. Right. So it's really hard. We can't just make a you know a set of 
you know, buy a pair of, you know, our turbo fans and put them on anything you want, you know, I mean, obviously they're diameter specific, but they're design specific too. So for us, it's, you know, it's a turbo Mac because we know exactly how to make them and make them effective. If somebody, cause I, I don't want to put anything out there that isn't, you know, fundamentally functional. If, if you want to use it that way, if you want to yeah. use it on your Prius, you know, I don't care, you know, <laughs> go for it. But if you, you know, need a little bit of brake cooling and you think that's going to work, you know, at least we can say it works um, and, and demonstrate it from, you know, an engineering, you know, perspective. But so we're, you know, we'll do them for the Turbo Mac and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some future design or whatever, but it's not going to be, you know, it's going to be one of those, you know, value added things to our, you know, to the Turbo Mac, you know, in, yeah. in, in with decal packages and stuff too. Cause it's, you know, that's fun. That's cool stuff. That's like, really, I mean, yeah, it's like a cool little accessory pack. Uh, yeah. Cause okay. people don't realize that as you know, in the, in the composite, you know, world to, to, yeah. to make the mold for that and to do it because, you know, we're not going to, it's not going to be a wooden mold, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to be a fiberglass, you know, buck. It's, you know, it's going to be a machine steel mold or yeah. aluminum mold and it. Those are, those are expensive. And, you know, once we make these parts, the parts themselves won't cost very much, mm-hmm. but you got to sell a lot. And it's like, okay, we, we know the math. I know how many turbo max I sell yeah, and I can estimate what percentage are going to want to use these. Yeah. It has to make sense there. If it takes yeah. me 10 years to, to even break even, then I'm, you know, it's not worth it. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm, Kind of a wheel nerd, not probably not nowhere near as nerdy as you. But do, are, do you remember the SSR Star Shark? Oh yeah, yeah, and the SSR uh, Sakura mm-hmm. that, that design. Oh. Oh, yeah. Those were like my favorites growing up. So yep. super nerdy Japanese wheels. Um, I love the way you said Sakura. Sakura. Said, um, Sakura. What are like your three favorite oh, wow. wheels growing up? Like that uh, maybe even inspired you <laughs> to 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 be where you're at now. It's a good one because I honestly haven't because I'm so immersed in what I do day to day. I haven't thought of that um without a doubt uh, the the bbs rs yep you know i'm old enough to say i like those before they were cool you know i mean they were they were on every trans am car and it was you know they were modular it was it was just so cool and the concept of a three-piece wheel uh just was really and it was so far from anything you had on your daily driver sure. back in the the 80s that it was you know it was super cool um the uh the the, the delta integrale wheel was always oh, one yeah. of my because yeah. it was just so different and just so so cool from anything and it was so specific to that car yeah, it, it was, seemed to work as part of the package the design was based it was to a, like a limit gravel right from entering the wheels yep. and, and, and a little brakes. bit of you know stru- so to have some thin spokes add a little bit of a uh structural for a, a vertical impact mm-hmm. that that ring around there does that for the spoke it, okay. it takes you know it takes the force from just either on the lip or the the hub area where the spokes attach and and spread it Disperses out. Disperses it, yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, absolutely. There, are so many of these designs, like our our, uh, you know, the tarmac is a great um, tarmac wheel. It's not a great gravel wheel because it's very open and rocks will get in there. So um, they were designs. Uh, Speedline made a version of that, and they even had a, they had a plastic uh, attachment for the back for for some of the uh the gravel stages so it would limit that and they even have a, a version that is less open spoke to 
to take care of that situation. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm curious, are there, have you been presented or has anyone sent you a wheel that you were unaware of like recently? I'm curious, like if, are you like that in the know? Like, do you pretty much know most designs out there in terms of the motorsport realm? Well, anything that's existed in the past. Absolutely. Like, yeah. I, I, it's been a long time since somebody's, yeah. Shown me. Some, yeah. yeah. I mean, cause we, we search for inspiration. I mean, that's yeah. where, you know, some of our, our designs come from is searching, you know, you know, tagline, you know, keyword, you know, motorsport rally, whatever concept cars, you name it. And we just go through that and we find, you know, we each have folders and we have a, you know, whiteboard that has, you know, our submissions, each of us from these ones that we believe can trigger the next, you know, cool 1552 wheel. All right. And, and often they don't look anything like, you know, that, but it got the ball rolling because it's like, what if we did this or why don't we do absolutely. that? And it, and it might turn into, yeah, it turns into something totally different that right. you guys all like. Yeah. And I think, and, you know, you know, we talked about copying and inspiration. And, you know, the one thing that I think should be made clear is that a lot of people don't understand that, like, every single you know, hero out there, every single rock star has been inspired and influenced by other rock stars and artists and in nature and sounds they heard at a casino. Like it, it all don't trust from, anyone it, who says they weren't. It, all, they're comes full of crap. it yep. all comes from somewhere. Sure. Like some things are original, but it's, a, it's all becomes hybridized and you know, it becomes an amalgamation Absolutely. and smashed into other things. Yep. Like that's what it is. You know, it's, it's what it is to be alive. Right. Yep. And, um, I mean, I, I love what you guys do. I mean, I think Thanks. it's so rad that you guys capture that essence of like the motorsport and 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 that influence i guess right like because i mean obviously i have them on my nsx and mm-hmm. i was looking for speed lines like you know the guys know i was i was talking to the guys about finding a five spoke because the race car and the nsx race cars the na1s used to rock the uh the oz five right. spoke or yep. the speed line you know i guess they were they might have shared the name at some point i don't remember no they were just very similar, similar the, the, right? the chrono oz chrono the, yeah, the, the speed line exactly. you know the, i think it was the corsa i mean they, they had right yeah. and um but i mean they're impossible to find yep. and they're magnesium and yeah. you know there's all these like you know, and so I, I couldn't find them. And I mean, I'm like, dude, I just put two and two together. I'm like, this is basically the same design, but you know, in, in slightly different, but yeah. it's still, it has that sort of a, it, it comes from that. Right. And, and, Absolutely. So, and it meshes so well with this, with this design. Right. It, oh, I love it on there. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like a, I mean, it's like an OEM plus kind of thing going yep. back to the RML, but I mean, getting that five spoke, that essential five spoke design, but kind of that oh, or that race car tribute i guess you yeah. know, right? i don't know absolutely <laughs> i'm super into it yeah and it lets the car kind of the like that that lack of design lets the car kind of it does do the show that's true the, the, the wheels yeah. wheels there's some cars that the wheels shouldn't overpower they mm-hmm. should you know at best mm-hmm. complement the design and uh that's that's yeah that's a really good point I mean, we all know when we see a set of wheels that are just too damn fancy or whatever Gotti, for the wheels yeah. that are on there or, or, you know, it's a shame. I mean, the OEs are, are, are just notorious for designing the most beautiful car and then putting some lame ass wheels <laughs> yeah, on there. Yeah. Even the, you know, you know, Porsche has been guilty on, you know, some of those, some of mm-hmm. their wheel designs have been less than, you know, awesome. So, uh, but yeah, that's a good point. And that definitely, that definitely does that because it's, it doesn't overpower at all. But it's it's motorsport, and you know that it's a it's a very yeah. you know it's a geometric pattern that you know you just look at it you know it's a it's a strong wheel mm-hmm. and it's something that you know looks at home on there. And I think like a you know there's timeless kind of things. Well, that's yeah. So that's a timeless 
I think you could say it's a timeless design. It's a simple, it's a five spoke. It's no, yeah, there's no, just know, like, there's no, like, like just I, like art would, you know, in this day and age would, would have loved to have an old, you know, set of those. Those yeah. are timeless too. Exactly. I mean, basic five spoke. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. And that was, you know, as I was telling you earlier, that's something that was intentional because this was our, that was our second design mm-hmm. after the, you know, the, uh, the, the snowflake. Yeah. And we were looking to go in higher volume and more sizes, which meant more mold, you know, fees and things like that. So it had to be something that we couldn't afford a super trendy one season wheel. We just yeah. couldn't. I mean, the manufacturers hate that. You know, when they open a yeah. mold for you, they expect to be selling this, you know, it, it, for several years yeah. at least. So you're not going to do like 35-inch crocodile skin design <laughs> wheels anytime soon? No, not unless we sell a lot of the other ones. And you and you order them. <laughs> That's right. You yeah. pay for the mold. We, we might. Oh, man. Yeah, there's a lot of wheels where, you know, you could look at every like 2002 996 Turbo has these like kind of these wheels with big old simple barrels polished barrels and they're kind of you it's just a you're like oh that wheel is from 2000 when it's that so car was new kind of, right you know there's like this it dates these cars Absolutely. And, and maybe maybe that'll turn around and mm. 20 years from now that'll be like oh that's so rad yeah. that's like that era it's possible yeah. but right now it's kind of yeah you know that's not a timeless yeah, we're spending yeah. money right now, so we kind of need yep. to make money right now. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. exactly that's exactly how it works. So you guys started out Volkswagen, obviously with the snowflakes and everything. Mm-hmm. Is that Volkswagen still your number one brand, or is it moved over to like Ford because uh, block or? Well, we do. That's the thing. I mean, we do we do a lot of things. We're you know we just released a a, a truck version of the of the Turbo Mac. Oh yeah, um, because. That. Ken Raptors loves the Raptor stuff, more yeah. than anything in the world, and that's his daily driver. He hauls his dogs around in you know Park City, Utah, and you know he he's a part of 1552. He's you know he's a part of this company, so it's like you know shouldn't I have 1552 wheels on my Raptor? Yeah. It's like yes, Ken, you probably should. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So instead of reinventing a wheel for that, we basically kind of reinvented the Turbo Mac. I think that, that's cool yeah. too because I think trucks in general, when you see aftermarket wheels, they mm-hmm. usually are pretty gaudy and kind of it's over inter- the top the truck market's interesting to but us maybe they so want different. that i guess yeah. um we'll see i mean we it, the volume is probably always going to be on the you know the kmc rockstar kind of thing because it's i mean they sell millions of them they know what they're doing obviously there's the appeal yeah. there but we don't have to do that we don't have to sell millions yeah, yeah. you know we'll sell hundreds or thousands maybe and and it's you know it's good for us and come out with a few more designs so we we don't have a specialty. We want but to be you, where but you have a. I mean, I know you guys don't try to have a spot, but do you have like a bread and butter brand? Like, is there one that you know? Like for my company, it's like we're, Porsche's our bread and butter. Right? right. Without Porsche, we're kind of like dead, right? But because that's our volume, those are guys that have a lot of money and they sell a lot of the cars, and you know right. they like the modified oh, yeah. cars, so. Do you, you guys don't have like a certain one where you're like? I'd have to look at the numbers. Yeah. It's probably pretty but, close but between VW, Ford, and Porsche right oh, now. Okay. And the Ford stuff is simply because, you know, Ford hired us with Ken to help them with the introduction of the Focus ST, and we built three of those cars, um, you know, to help them initiate the marketing campaign in North America, and that was a car that um, they've traditionally had trouble marketing you know a hot hatch here they had the Mm. you know the focus svt uh in the early 2000s that was a phenomenal car that was essentially the st 180 in europe and they 
instead of going after the GTI, they went after the Cobalt and, you know, because they're Ford yeah. and it didn't work very well. So in uh, working with them, we were able to um, get them to let us do what we wanted to do because we were VW guys. You know, we were GTI guys. We know yeah. those cars. We know those markets. And this was and they flew us out to Groton Raceway with Ken in Michigan to to drive these cars hard on the track. And you know, I'll tell you, these, these are legit for a front-wheel drive car. There's nothing on the market that handles like them. There is nothing that has as much, you know, rear end, you know, help yeah, yeah. as in, in a front-wheel drive car. I mean, you, you turn off the traction control or ESP 100% and go hot into a corner and lift, you're just as likely to go off ass backwards you know, in one of those, as you are in a air cooled nine eleven, because the car, the the rotate. You know, they they don't understeer. Yeah, they're they're neutral to to oversteer. Um, in those kinds of situations, that's so much. It's so much fun, and and it's still safe because unlike my nine eleven, once the back end goes, I you know, on a frontal drive car, you just nail the throttle, on. yeah, and, and you're you know you're good to go. So you can totally, you can steer this car with your right foot. And yeah. that's pretty, you know, I mean, VW, we would spend hundreds to thousands of dollars in the aftermarket to get our cars to do that. Yeah. You know, and even the, the newer GTIs and the Golf R from Volkswagen, you couldn't even turn off the stability control 100%. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't let you do that. You had to get special programming, you know, to, to do that. Where Ford's like, yeah, go have fun. We don't care. You know, you're not going to sue us. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It, it was... To go into that, we really, I mean, we bought into it. These are cool. Let's do this. People need to know about this car. Yeah. And when we like something a lot, you know, I think we're pretty good. You know, like anybody, we're good at, at selling You promote it. it. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and we built three cars that, you know, we we would have built if they were three GTIs. Mm -hmm. and, that's, and, it, and it worked. We had to do a lot of new stuff because there wasn't anything for these cars. Um, so that helped. I mean, if it's interesting how many... Focus STs and Fiesta STs and and uh, Focus RSs that are on Tarmacs or Turbomax. It's really they look really. It's cool really too, funny so. because we aren't Ford tuners. You know, we went, we just went into that. We were you know who are these guys kind of thing. You know, and the forums <laughs> were like that. And the yeah. who the hell are these guys? Oh, Ken Block. Okay, they think they, they know us uh, because yeah, of, yeah. you know. And it's like, well, no, we we love the cars and we learned from them. Those guys taught us a lot too from the forums. You know, yeah. we were in there interacting and all that. So it was. Uh, it was definitely very, very helpful. And we were, you know, I think we were pretty humble about what we were trying to accomplish in there. And, you know, we really, we like the cars. So for those, it's, you know, if we do the same thing with Mustang someday, you know, we'll be, we'll be good to go. And we're doing that with the, the S550, the new Mustang, especially the EcoBoost. We're doing some stuff with Mountune. And that's oh, another sure. thing. Mountune is, you know, they, they are, they're the, you know, they're the shit when it comes to legit performance engineering for you know for ford four cylinder yeah and their oe too yep. and everything yeah so. that's yeah sold through four dealers exactly with warranties and all that stuff yep. so and they're yeah. i mean they do all the motors you know they do the motorsport stuff and uh they're over in england and they everything work with m sport so, yeah. i mean they're they're the real deal and their operation here in the usa is amazing and it's you know it's probably going to eclipse the uk operation because people are so into it yeah. here so for us we're really lucky that they you know we didn't know who they were in the beginning and uh and ken and the guys at uh back when they were called uh ford racing um you know said to us hey, you know you should look into mountain as far because we we have a relationship with them we're really glad they, they built us a an engine from from scratch we yanked the the two point you know the two liter ecoboost out of one of them and uh 
you know, they shipped us a, a long block and, you know, big turbo built bottom end, you know, instantly made, you know, without even trying 350 to the wheels and nice. it, all that stuff. So for us, you know, working with them now, the next thing like us is the, the EcoBoost and the Mustang. Cause it's the same 2.3 essentially that's in yeah. the focus uh, RS and a lot of potential and better balance than the V8. And you know, there's, there's nothing to keep that and I engine think from I making. Saw, were you guys doing like a front air dam or something or maybe? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we've got some, you know, we got some styling stuff. We, you're starting to kind of, I mean, go back to your, well, we do that with a, bit, that's where the focus, it? we have a full line of styling products okay, for the focus okay. and the Fiesta, even, like even fender, fender flares, fender yeah, flares right. yeah. spoilers, you know, carbon fiber, you know, rear wing extensions. Okay. I mean, it's because that, yeah, it's, we've, we were a, it's so funny. We used to be, I told you, VW Sport, right? Yeah. And the internet was just getting started. And I told you, we, you know, no haters, but there were trolls. And we were VW Sport USA, and we had this one guy, and he, he wouldn't leave us alone. He hated us for whatever reason. And he used to have, like, his tagline or something like that on the forums. You know, VW Sport USA, they took the motor out of motorsport because it uh-huh. used to be vw motorsport yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i always thought that was really clever yeah. and it's like yeah man we're doing body kits from europe and stuff like that we're you know we're selling new speed and opt performance pro- but yeah we're a styling you're aesthetics and yeah I'm, I'm you know i'm fine you're that fine. was that's that was funny are, yeah, but yeah. you know people want you to be things you're not sometimes yeah. so uh it's bunch I always of posers. It was really funny. Bunch of posers. so this is we're talking <laughs> Just, mid 90s right mid, uh late 90s late yeah. 90s yeah. oh this is late 90s yeah. okay do you uh, just kind of quick segue? So I don't know if you've heard where uh, we were putting on this event called Radwood, uh, collaborating with a, a few other folks, uh, other podcasts, uh, Camden Tub, Clutch Kick, no, and Auto Emoji. So um, where it's going to be basically focused, sort of celebrating the '80s and '90s right. um, uh, car culture, um, not not just the cars themselves, but just uh, we're going to we're encouraging period dress, rollerblades, BMX, oh, shit, bring man. your period hats. dress. I can do that. So <laughs> is there a new speeded out? Volkswagen Cabrio somewhere that you're aware of that maybe you can bring out to this event. <laughs> yeah, I think the one uh I think the one that they had on their catalog at some point is still around. Really? Yeah, I think I've seen recently somebody we know purchase that. I'll ask Matt cuz he'll he'll know. He knows the scene here and all the VW kids and what and where these cars are. So, um yeah, that'd be fun. We can definitely find a, a car, you know, awesome. the the Mark II with the with the Hella body kit that is super famous um that car is still out there excellent and yeah. we have a one of our customers has a, a full-on you know opt wide body uh you know mark three gti wow with all the op parts <laughs> on it and everything Whoa. too so that, that be, i mean that's, that would be killer that's 90s but that is as he's as period correct as you get Fantastic. Yeah. 80s 90s is what yeah. we want yeah yeah that's awesome uh, yeah, colorful um, underhood stuff, we, wires and monochromatic paints, technology, technology, hot wires. Oh yeah, man, yeah. that's so <laughs> Your fun. New that speed that can li- be, license plates. That can be cool now. Yeah, because you know, it's a lot of it was pretty lame back then, oh, but it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know we all learned from it, and it's definitely it's definitely fun to remember that. One of one of my, it's kind of like an embarrassing memory, but I remember when the uh, Mark three Jettas came out mm-hmm. and stuff. I remember going there and being like, oh, I wish I had a Mark three Jetta. You know, I was like a kid. I yep. was like, I was like, that thing's so sweet. And now you're like, oh, those things are such trash, you know, but, but <laughs> as a little kid, I, I, Brad, don't know, Brad, just, I don't know if Brad believes they're trash. No, I mean, they're just <laughs> age hasn't been kind to them, especially yeah. on the East coast. And, uh, 
you know, they're on their sixth, seventh owner now, so yeah. some of the mods are really questionable. <laughs> but, and you look uh, back in the Mark II, it's yeah. like so much cooler. And uh, I mean, we I built, mean, I think. We built a, a, a couple cool Mark III Jetta coupes that to this mm-hmm. day I still am, you know, pretty oh, yeah. pretty into. And Dang, they made a coupe? No, I, we did. Oh. Yeah. We actually... They always had the eyebrows, like, <laughs> and all that stuff. Huh? Yeah. They do all the, all the monochromatic yeah. stuff. You don't remember our Project X... Mark Four Jetta Coupe that we did on no. VW Vortex. We did Maybe Friday updates. Every Friday we did an update of the build. First of all, we said we teased what it was going to be. Mm. Everybody thought it was going to be a new Corrados. When we said it was going to be a Jetta Coupe, everybody lost interest. They were really, really <laughs> pissed off at us. And then I told Jamie that was a mistake. We never should have let their imaginations run wild because you yeah. can't compete with a VW kid's imagination. That's for sure. They already think their cars are like super high performance, you right. know, mm-hmm. DTM cars. So <laughs> you're already at a disadvantage. But uh, yeah, no, we took a a, a Mark IV Jetta and uh, we took a we took a Golf GTI. Um, you know, the front the, the coupe front doors, B pillar, you know, lower rockers roof skin, all that stuff, and uh, the rear quarter panels blended it into that. So it was a two, structurally a two-door, seam-welded everything, and then we had to come up with design and come up with rear windows. And whereas a lot of you know people are going to use plexiglass or whatever or just non-tempered glass, our, you know, our MO for this build was we are going to make DOT-spec custom rear windows. And it's like... Wow. I said that before I'd done all my homework because yeah. <laughs> I made some assumptions that didn't pan out. But we ended up contracting VW of Brazil to make us three sets because that's the, lim- the the least amount they yeah. would do. They actually cut their production line of glass making for a couple hours to do this for wow. us. It's very expensive. It's not as expensive. Somebody was saying it's thirty thousand dollars, or that's why you know fifteen fifty two grand then. You know, not even. Really? No, it was about seven th- at the time, but it was way more than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, but we got three sets, you know? And, uh, wow. And they were, you know, they had the, the dot matrix on the inside, the, yeah. the matching green tin, and they were DOT. They tested them. So they had the DOT sticker and everything, you know, the, the silk screen or whatever yeah, they did yeah, on yeah. there. And uh, they, they were perfect. So, that, I mean, that car was a little, I mean, that's. Where's that car now? Well, there's three of them you said, right? You mean, no, no one, we built one, these sets, but there's other color. people have built some. Mm. Um, but oh, okay. that car, it's changed hands several times. And I think it's uh, a guy who has a, a shop in Pennsylvania has it. And it's not in great shape uh, over time. And his goal is to just restore it. And we told him, you know, whenever you're ready, let's do this together. Was it in our like legacy. European car? And oh, stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was on the cover of okay. European car. Okay. It was at, I'm sure I've seen it. It was at uh, SEMA. It was at, uh, I believe, the Detroit Auto Show. And yeah, it was oh, wow. it was something that, um, you know, had gotten around. We painted yeah. it the Audi Nimbus Gray, uh, oh, which was my nice. favorite color at the time, but yeah. it's not a great show, call, show car color. Uh-huh. We could, should have done it something orange or whatever, mm. but again it's what we wanted and how yeah. we wanted it yeah. it was a, it was a vr6 and i even bought um i bought an r a wrecked r32 drive line because that was the goal of the project to have it full you know all-wheel drive r32 spec 3.2 you know vr6 and um that stuff got stolen in transit oh yeah you know, so we lost our money on wow. that and uh 
you know, it's just one of those things. So that didn't get done. But the guy who has it now has a drive line, and that's his plan to do that. So to me, that's you know, that's really cool. That's right. I had to complete yeah. that. Yeah, that would make me really happy yeah. because we got pretty far. I mean, we got through the really hard part because yeah. you know the the yeah. the drive line swap is just you know a bolt in proposition for the most part. You know, so sense, yeah. yeah, cool. Awesome. Well. It looks like they closed up on us. Or yeah, I think we yeah, were here overnight, man. It's like, the, yeah, it's like that Ikea challenge. Yeah, thing, exactly. yeah, man. We've closed down the place. This um, is not a bad place to spend the night, I think. It's no, pretty bad. No, There's some, it's a lot nice. of great toys here. There's I'm some, sleeping in the 935. Sick apparel. There's a 935 in the showroom. Got some really cool little That's your scale models. Oh, I'll, I'll mob that thing. A little toy car <laughs> yeah. on Left Cohort tomorrow. Yeah. Definitely yeah. a really rad space. And then a Porsche, Porsche Overkill tomorrow. Air-cooled yeah. Overkill. yeah. Which isn't um, even possible. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, yeah. yeah, it's not. It's not. It'll be pretty fun. <laughs> it's one of those things where, I mean, there could be like 600 cars or something, and you're not going to see everything in every detail. No. it's only seven to two. That's what sucks about it in a way. You'd almost rather have it be like 20 cars. You know, well, like if well, they were when it was all... at Bandito Brothers uh, for the second one, that, that was, was like perfect. That right? was awesome. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm you know, it's got to yeah. grow, and I'm not, I'm not one of, of those guys that, you know, I knew it before it was cool or anything like that. It just was for that reason. Yeah. We had you know all day to look over every car, and it was, and there were some really high profile cars there too. Some stuff that you'll you, mm-hmm. know, you would never see, yeah. even in you know museum that I know yeah. of people with their private cars. So this is going to be even better for that. And luckily, it looks like the rain isn't going to be too bad. That yep. was everybody's concern that mm-hmm. if it was guaranteed to rain, you know, a lot of the quality metal wouldn't oh, show yeah, up. Oh, yeah, wouldn't show yeah. up, yeah. Totally. yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, it'll be cool. I mean, last year, you had, like, Jerry Seinfeld pulling up in a 904. Yep. And, I mean, you had... Uh, uh, like, pa- Patrick my... Long has some, some has real some special things sleeve, yeah. for us tomorrow, yeah, yeah. so... Yeah, yeah I'm, cool. I'm really stoked. I'm glad I'm out here for this. Yeah, Absolutely. it'll be exciting. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Oh, thank um, you. I and love this. it was really fun hearing about everything. Uh, yeah, we'll 1552. Where? What's the website? 1552.com. Okay. 15 spelled out, 52.com. Gotcha. And Instagram and Same everything. Thing. Yep. Cool. Um, all right. I'm going to end on this note. I, I've, now it's my goal to stump you, okay? Oh, Rays, trivia. Ray's Garcia Cal Choppy. Uh, yeah, I think you got me there. I know I've seen the way I wouldn't ah! I don't know the name, but I, <laughs> no visual popped into my head with that. Or actually that could have been you making it up and no. me looking like, <laughs> no, 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 like no, no, a no. jackass going, Yeah, I know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dude, yeah, that would have been even better. That would have been fantastic. That is a wheel, I'll have to show it to you. Uh it's a it's a weird one. It's a super obscure. Oh, Ray's has made some really yeah. bizarre stuff. I love it. Yeah. Sweet. Awesome, man. Well thanks a ton and uh thanks to all the listeners. Thank Later. you. Cheers. Yep. Bye bye. pretty good about that i felt pretty special and i you know i brought it out to la and i even let him thrash it over the sixth street bridge and you know he brought it back and goes what's, what's wrong with this is you know is this is it running correctly and it's like, yes it's fine man it's just a little four-cylinder and it you know it, it just it's, it's okay you know and like i said you know it, you can only take it so 
you know, so long when he's always asking, when are you doing this? You got to represent, you know, like, because we... Oh, you, Matt, you do a good one. Then Matt got one. You got an SC, and it's like, yeah. all right, I got it. We might have to do the rest of the podcast with you. Yeah, that was a good impression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.